Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. Sorry, I'm in mid-stretch here. <laughs> I'm still, still waking up myself. What is going on? It is September the 9th. 2021 in the beautiful state of Arizona, the city of Tucson, the old Pueblo. And this is the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. We are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. We have a tremendous two hours of radio for you this morning. Tons and tons of football to be talked about today. We'll also be talking some soccer or football, if you will, in hour number two as the uh, the uh, the USL League's home team there in Tucson, FC Tucson, going to be uh, deadlocked in a game this Saturday night, and it's going to be a very special night promotion-wise, and we're going to bring on the president of FC Tucson, Amanda Powers, in our number two to talk about all things FC Tucson and the first responders night that they got going on this Saturday. Also, in our number two, my buddy Rich Ornberger from uh, San Diego, He's going to be coming on to talk some San Diego State uh, Aztecs football so we can get a little preview of the game on Saturday. Rich has been the, the color analyst for, uh, for San Diego State for quite some time. I know Rich from my time back when I was with the national uh, radio affiliate uh, up in Phoenix, and uh, Rich was in San Diego doing the same thing. And uh, Rich, if you, if you haven't heard his show on Fox Sports uh, San Diego, if you've never been in San Diego and tuned in or just if you listen online or podcasts or whatever, uh, you're going to want to tune in for that. Rich is a bit of a different kind of guy. And when I say a different kind of guy, he's zany, he's funny, he's got a different take on things, and always love talking football with Rich, whether it's Chargers or San Diego State. So we'll talk with Rich. I'm really looking forward to that. That's coming up in hour number two as well as we'll, we'll preview the San Diego State-Arizona game this Saturday night at Arizona Stadium. Also, Coming up, uh, I've got my official NFL season predictions that you certainly won't want to miss. And I'll be making my first bet on FanDuel Sportsbook live on the air today in hour number one. The, my very first bet. Now, based on some of the, the lines, I've been watching the lines. Okay, I've been watching uh, both college football and NFL. And you can, you can immediately see the effect that the state of Arizona has had since it went live at essentially midnight uh, overnight. I consider, you know, last night, whatever, this morning, however you want to call it. Because people uh, in the state of Arizona have been busy with their sportsbook gambling uh, right off the bat. Because overnight, and I do mean overnight, the Arizona Wildcats went from a one-point favorite in the game against San Diego State this Saturday to a two-and-a-half-point favorite overnight, which means that Vegas is trying to get people off of the Arizona money, which means that Arizona bettors are jumping in and betting Arizona at minus one. Uh, look, it's a great bet. You know, if you think Arizona's going to the game, obviously that's the, that's the play you want to make. I mean, there's only one scenario where Arizona wins the game that, uh, that you don't win money with a, with a you know, minus one, uh, one-point favorite. So, this is uh, those were those are great uh, you know a great number a great line for people who wanted to bet the the Wildcats to win the game because <clears throat> instead of be- essentially betting the money line you can bet the you bet the spread and get better odds that way. So <laughs> you've seen the the immediate impact of 
Arizona betters on the uh, on the lines. It's moved already a point and a half overnight. That's that's a remarkable uh, amount of movement for a game such as Arizona versus San Diego State. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, FYI, I will never be betting my team. I don't I don't bet uh, Arizona football. I I really don't bet a whole lot of college football unless I well I, I mean in Vegas I did I would do some parlays and stuff here and there but uh, I never bet Arizona football I don't I just can't do it like it's 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 too emotional for me and you don't want to put you don't want to have bring emotion into uh into gambling so so we'll uh, we'll have that uh, for you a little bit later on as I as I make my first official FanDuel sportsbook bet live on the air on the FanDuel sportsbook app and uh <laughs> I think I know where I'm going with it and it's a little bit brazen, but you know what? I'm of the I'm of the you know the school, the old school where it's go big or go home, and we're gonna go big. So why not? So we're just gonna try it, and, and uh, we'll have some fun with that, and we'll do some fun things throughout. And I'll tell you about some uh, promotions that you guys can have if you're just waking up. I mean, you had a ch- had a chance to check this thing out. We'll be talking about some promotions, how you get some uh, some free money into your account with FanDuel as it's gone live today in the state of Arizona. Now, a few things to get out of the way because hour number two is is already chock full of stuff with interviews and things like that. I'll have a little bit of time at the beginning of the hour to talk some Wildcat football, which we will do in hour number two. So I got to get some things out of the way now <coughs> before we, uh, uh, you know, before we move on because I do have my NFL predictions and those are going to take um, a little bit of our time because I do like to expand on why. I don't just like to say here it is, believe it. This is the gospel. This is why. Uh, and you should just you know take my word for it. So, real quick in the world of recruiting, college basketball recruiting, I know that Arizona was in on Shaden Sharp, um, the the young man. He's Canadian, but he's playing in Glendale right now. He is the the unanimous uh, number one recruit in the country, and he did choose Kentucky. I mean, you know, I'm, I know this might be old news to some of you, uh, but some of you only get your news here in the mornings. Jaden Sharp did go to Kentucky. He was, it was like 95% sure across the country, the, the, the people who follow this kind of stuff, that he was going to go to, he was going to commit to Kentucky. And indeed he did. And it gives Kentucky and John Calipari their first number one overall recruit since Nerland's Noel in 2012. So interesting news there. Arizona loses out on, uh, on the number one overall player. Again, he made his official visit here. I think most people had had believed before he even came to Tucson that he was going to be uh, headed to Lexington, Kentucky. But he did come and visit here, and I think he had a really good experience. Um, just wasn't enough for whatever reason to uh, to sway him. But you know this this program, this coaching staff, Tommy Lloyd and the coaching staff, uh, doing a great job of bringing these guys in. Arizona still showing that they are elite in uh, recruiting, and they have been for quite some time, obviously. And uh, so Arizona is still in on some on some other big names, and we'll keep you apprised of those as they come about, as they make their visits and things like that, leading up into this season for the next season's worth, a batch of recruits. Also, uh, this Sunday, not sure if you're if you're planning to be at the McHale Center for the tribute to Lute Olson, but if you are, make sure you arrive early and be prepared to have a mask and things like that because on campus uh, for indoor congregations and such, uh, the U of A is requiring masks to, to be worn. So make sure that you, that you have that. Just follow the rules, okay? These are, these are public safety, public health and safety rules. Just do it. 
if you're going to be a malcontent and cause a stir at, at, uh, uh, at, at an event honoring one of the greatest people to ever set foot in the city of Tucson, then just don't go, okay? Um, <laughs> just plain and simple. Just follow the rules, be kind to one another, and there's a bigger reason why we're congregating there at McHale Center this Sunday. So um, I'm looking forward to that event. I will be in town uh, in Tucson this weekend, and I am uh, very much looking forward to the Lute Olson tribute on Sunday at the McHale Center. The uh, Major League Baseball, just real quick here, the San Francisco Giants win again. They're the first team to 90 wins in Major League Baseball. This is the the quickest that the San Francisco Giants have won 90 games in a season in 108 years. 1913 was the last time when they were situated in the city of New York. Uh, they were in the New York Giants was the last time that they had won 90 games in a shorter amount of time. They just continue to win games. The Los Angeles Dodgers lose last night in St. Louis. So San Francisco opens up a two-game lead now in the National League West. It's, I was talking with, with, uh, with a buddy of mine last night at the, uh, at the bar that I was uh, performing at, and uh, he's like, it's amazing that there's going to be a 100-win team in the National League in the wild card. And he's right, because both San Francisco and Los Angeles are going to win 100 games. There's, what, 30 games left in the year. Uh, in the season, and San Francisco's 10 wins away, and Los Angeles is 12 wins away. So, you know, based on their winning percentages and the fact that they're still gunning for that number one spot, you don't want to be in the wild card, so they're going to continue to play their, their tails off. Uh, there's going to be a, a team that has probably upwards of 106 or 107 wins as the wild card team, which might be, I, I think, that would break the major league record for most wins by a wild card team. So uh, it'll be something uh, interesting to watch there, but National League West, still uh, still a great race, of course. And, you know, when you look at the rest of the races, the, the American League East is still kind of, I, I, I don't know, like, like, I almost get the feeling like Toronto's going to win this thing. Like, Toronto's won seven in a row. They probably have the best offense in baseball. And between the Rays, the Yankees, and the Red Sox, the Yankees have lost five in a row. They've lost eight of their last ten. The Red Sox are basically playing 500 ball, have been since early August. And the Rays, who have been a roller coaster all season, I don't know if they can be dependent upon. So there's the Blue Jays sitting in fourth place. They're 11 games out of first, but they're in no way out of this thing. I think it's going to be an interesting little uh, sprint to the finish line in the final 30 games or whatever it, whatever those teams have uh, to the season. The Ale Central's over. The Chicago White Sox are the cream of the crop in that team, uh, in that division. No other team is above 500. And then the AL West, I thought the Angels might put up a little bit of a, of a, of a fight here at the end, but they've lost five of their last 11, and it looks like the Mariners and the Astros and the A's are starting to separate themselves quite a bit in that division. Over in the NL East, Still an interesting race there between the top three teams. The, the, the Mets are playing, still playing 500 ball, but they're only four games out of first because Atlanta and Philadelphia keep stubbing their toe to the wrong teams. Atlanta just took two out of three against the Giants and then lose two of their next three games. And then, you know, the Philadelphia Phillies, we don't, we're not exactly sure kind of what their identity is. Still an interesting uh, race there, but I, I think most people are looking, when they, when they talk about the National League, there's three teams. There's the Giants, the Dodgers, and the NL Central Brewers, who have been phenomenal uh, this season. I, I don't want to say they came out of nowhere because they, you know, they did have a they had a good team, but uh, their pitching is just it is so good. I mean, they they don't give a whole lot of runs. 
they don't score a ton of runs, but they got good situational hitting. They're just a really tough team. I know that, that Giants manager Gabe Kapler, when the Giants played the Brewers earlier this year and took two out of three from them earlier, he said that's the best team we've played all year. And then the Brewers turn around, take three out of four from the Giants in the turnaround. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're really good. And then, of course, uh, you know, the Reds, a good team, but 12 games out of first. So, essentially, that that uh, that race is essentially over. They're, Cincinnati Reds are trying to get into that uh, into that wild card spot. And then, as I mentioned, the aforementioned NL West, uh, San Diego Padres are still very, very good. They're a viable team for that second wild card spot, which could be interesting. It could be all, you know, all three of the playoff spots come from the NL West between the Giants, Dodgers, and Padres. Um, and then the Arizona Diamondbacks have now slipped to 50 games under 500. And uh, I can't remember what the exact question was last night after the game, after their loss to the Texas Rangers. And Tori Lavallo, the manager, was asked something about, uh, how, are you aware that you're on pace to match the worst record in franchise history? Look, not a great question to ask a guy who is having the worst season of his life, <laughs> probably won't have a job come next year, and just wants to get the hell out of here, essentially. I, th- I think he just wants – everybody wants the season to be over uh, in that organization. And then somebody in the media is like, are you aware that you're on pace to have the worst record in franchise history? And Tori Lovello said, I don't give a bleep about pace. Okay, there you go. That's, uh, that's, that's what you call in, in, this, in my business, that's what you call a conference killer. We, we had a guy that was up here, worked in TV, and he was the biggest pain. He, he, just, he asked the dumbest questions all the time. Like He thought he was being edgy and cool. He was a TV sports guy. And every press conference, he would start pushing buttons. Like, I mean, and just pushing all the wrong buttons. And he would eventually come up with some stupid question that would just anger whomever was on the stage. It didn't matter. Whoever was in front of the microphone, he would start pushing their buttons and, and tick them off, and it would end the conference. The, 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 whoever it was would get upset and be like, we're done here, and get up and leave. And you're like, dude. And it, he was always trying to be like the first or second question guy. He was that dude. I never wanted to punch somebody in, in this business in my life more than I wanted to punch that guy. And, uh, you know, it's, I hate that kind of stuff. Why ask that question? I just, I don't know. I know you want to try to get a reaction from people. And, and I, look, I, 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 as a member of the media, technically, as a radio host, I guess you can consider me a member of the media. I do get credentialed, media credentials for things and such. Um, you, you know, I ask questions of people. I, I, I ask questions that people want to know about. Does anybody really want to know what the manager feels about being on pace to have the worst record in team history? I, I, I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there. Maybe he feels pretty bad about it. Like, maybe he feels like that sucks. I, I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe he does. It's pointless to ask those questions. But then you get, you know, these members of the media like, well, it's our job, and the question has to be asked. No, it doesn't have to be asked. There's, there's that, I, I can't remember the exact proverb is, the, you know, the saying is or whatever. It's like, don't ask a question that you already know the answer to, or don't ask a question you don't already know the answer to, something like that. If you already know the answer to the question, okay, you probably don't need to ask it. Now, you can ask to confirm and things like that or to get a reaction out of people, but that's just pushing buttons. And I'm not in the business of pushing buttons. I'm in the business of entertaining and informing people. So it always it always drove me nuts with this guy. Anytime I saw him at a press conference, I was like, oh, God, here we go. 
especially after a loss. And some of the coaches that, that I've covered in th- through the day, I mean, I was there for the Denny Green freak out on Monday Night Football after they lost to the Bears, right? We all know that one. God rest his soul. Denny Green was a, a great guy to be around and a, and a really fun coach to be around and a, a very successful coach. I mean, you can't, can't deny his, uh, his record and his resume. But, man, he got his buttons pushed that night, and he went off. No, he even pushed his buttons. He just went in there and started talking. And I remember one guy, one of the guys that was in the media that asked the question, he normally asked pretty good questions. Like, he's normally, like, pretty on point. He asked a pretty normal question, and Denny was like, nope, that's, we're not having it tonight. <laughs> just went, went ballistic. Started slapping the podium. All the, all the digital recorders fell on the ground. Oh, man, it was classic. I was sitting right there. I'm like, oh, man, Denny's losing it. <laughs> we're going to have to go. Because you go in the locker room afterwards. Like, after, you know, after the coaches and, and players do their press conference, then you go in the locker room and get individuals one-on-ones. They open up guys. You can go talk to whomever. You know, if you've made friends with a guy, you go talk to him and stuff, sit down in the locker or whatever. <laughs> like, man, I'm going to have to go in there after that. This is going to be fun. Speaking of fun, Sports betting is here, folks. FanDuel Sportsbook is celebrating with 40-to-1 odds on any week one game. You can bet on tonight's Thursday night game between the Dallas Cowboys and Tampa Bay Buccaneers or any of the week one games that are coming up on the NFL slate. And who doesn't want to win $200 on a $5 bet? It's not a Hail Mary, folks. It's just that simple. New customers get 40-to-1 odds when you place your first wager, as long as you sign up with the promo code DEAN. That's promo code D-E-A-N. And you could win $200 on a $5 bet by using my name as the promo code. Get your bonus. Plus, when you win, you get paid in as little as 24 hours. Use the app. It's super easy to use. I was on it this morning kind of previewing where I would go with my first ever bet on FanDuel. And I think I know where I'm going. And we'll go live with that uh, later on in this hour. Pardon me. Plus, I'll have have some uh, insight on a risk-free bet that you can have. Also, FanDuel has their launch party, the Thursday night football launch party tonight at the Footprint Center. If you visit FanDuel on the, uh, on the website or on the sports app, the first 250 bets placed at FD, uh, FD Sportsbook will receive a pair of tickets to the launch party, which includes free food and an open bar, giveaways of swag, and a whole lot more, uh, and rubbing elbows with the mucky mucks and such like that at this VIP party up at the Footprint Center where the Phoenix Suns are debuting their retail center for our FanDuel. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Got exclusive odd boosts, great promotions, and so much more. Again, sign up with the promo code DEAN. Get yourself that $200 on a $5 bet promo. That's promo code D-E-A-N. Exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and over must present in Arizona. New users only. $10 first deposit required. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bonus $200. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.com uh, fanduel.com. If you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. Coming up next, I begin my official NFL season predictions. We'll start with the AFC. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Going through previous show sheets here looking for my previous predictions i had individual like player predictions i'll find it sometime it was a long time ago i may have found it 
But uh, so we've got uh, we got the NFL predictions coming up here. It's time because you know we start NFL season starts tonight. It's time to get those predictions out there because I can't do it after the game. I can't do it tomorrow. Uh, it would just be uncouth of me to try to make predictions for uh, for the season after we've got you know one win under the belt, so to speak, somewhere. So let's start with the AFC. We'll begin with the AFC East. You got. Buffalo, who is the cream of the crop there, probably looking at like a 13-win season or so. I think Buffalo uh, easily wins the East. Then you've got a little bit of contest there between New England and Miami. The Jets are obviously the worst team in that division, but New England and Miami have, have been having a, a little battle in this in this offseason as far as where people are positioning them to uh, to end up. I do believe New England does uh, does get the second spot in that division and followed by Miami. Look, there's a reason why Miami was inquiring about Deshaun Watson. There's a reason why the players did not vote Tua Tungavailoa as one of the captains of the team this year when just about every other team includes their their quarterback as one of the team captains. I think there's a reason for that. Um, I don't know if this team has bought into Tua. You know, there was several games last year where he had fewer than 200 yards passing. He has struggled for you know at times, and I look. I, I when he came out, I said I don't believe in in left-handed quarterbacks unless they are just absolutely dynamic, unmistakable talent. And I don't think Tua Tungavailoa is that guy. So I got Miami in the three spot, followed by the Jets. Um, in the AFC North, this is a really interesting division. Cincinnati will be improved as long as they can stay healthy. Joe Burrow is the real deal. I love Joe Burrow as a quarterback. Um, he's a team captain, by the way. Second year was injured most of the first year but they voted him team captain in Cincinnati. So, obviously, they believe in Joe <clears throat> there in Cincy. I do believe they'll finish last in that division, though. This has been a tough pick for me because I have a ton of respect for the organization and for the head coach, Mike Tomlin. Fifteen seasons in the NFL, never a losing record, has had uh, three 500 records, three 8-8 eight eight records in that time. <clears throat> there will be no 8-8 eight eight record this year unless there's a – uh, you know, a game lost to COVID or something. Even then, it could be a forfeit, but regardless. Uh, th- there will be no 500 season this year, and I think this will be the first season that Pittsburgh takes a, uh, you know, a, a step back and has that first sub-500 season. It will be Mike Tomlin's fault. There are just two other teams in that division that are just much better than they are, Baltimore being one of them. I think Baltimore finishes second in the division, though. I like Baltimore for all that they are. They're an extremely well-coached team. They use analytics better than any other team in the NFL does. John Harbaugh believes in that. He believes in all three facets of the game. But, man, Cleveland is just so loaded, and I think this is their year to win the North. Even, you know, I mean, Stefanski is a good coach. Obviously, winning coach of the year, he was recognized for that. Baker Mayfield isn't really he, – he's, he's saying all the right things. He's not worried about a contract extension right now. He wants to win games. He wants to get to a Super Bowl. He's saying all the right things. They've got tons of talent on both sides of the ball. They're going to run the football like, like crazy. They're going to play defense. They're going to get after the quarterback. They've got guys on outside the numbers. It's just I think they're just going to be too tough to contain for the other teams in the AFC North. So I like Cleveland winning the North, followed by Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. AFC South, Indianapolis was – kind of a, a chic pick here, but I still think the better team is Tennessee. Tennessee's weapons on offense, I know they have Ryan Tannehill. I do like Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback. He's a phenomenal athlete. 
Um, I do like Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback, and I think that he's done a good job at managing games and making plays when necessary. Uh, obviously great in the running game. Derrick Henry continues to be amazing, and he gets better as the game wears on. I like the Tennessee Titans to win the AFC South, followed by Indianapolis, who probably will be playing a second or third quarterback at some point in the season because I do believe Carson Wentz will eventually get hurt. And then you've got the two teams at the bottom, Jacksonville and Houston. I I think Houston's going to have the worst record in the league this year. I know a lot of people are saying that. Uh, But I think Jacksonville takes third and Houston takes fourth. Finally, in the AFC West, Kansas City, the outright favorite in that. I think they run away with that division. Um, there are, you know, there are other good teams. I think there are three capable teams in that division, but I don't see any of those teams winning more than nine or ten games this year, which means that Kansas City probably win like 14 or 15 games this year. So I like Kansas City first in that division, followed by the Chargers, and then the Denver Broncos, and finally the Las Vegas Raiders. In my opinion, both the Broncos and Raiders are kind of interchangeable there in that uh, in that three four spot. That's not going to matter. Those teams are going to win, you know, five, maybe six games tops um, for either of those teams. They're just in a tough division. Uh, and the Denver Broncos have a really tough uh, schedule this year, actually. So so there's my AFC. Now, as far as the seeding goes in the AFC, Kansas City gets the one seed. Buffalo gets the two seed. I think most people are kind of picking that, you know, right down, you know, right down the lane. I like Cleveland to get my three seed. I think they're going to be good enough. They're going to be challenged enough in that di- in that division to not run away record-wise, like a thirteen and four or fourteen and three type record. But I think they can go twelve and five. They could go thirteen and four. But Buffalo and KC are going to dominate the wins in the AFC. So Cleveland is my three seed. Tennessee being my fourth seed, a very good fourth seed. The wild card teams. I think Baltimore gets the five seed as the top wild card. I like New England to secure the number six seed. In the, uh, in the postseason, I think they're good enough. And, yes, I do think a rookie quarterback will lead them to the playoffs because their offensive line is just that good, and their defense will play great, as it always does. And I like San Diego for my number seven seed. Yeah, I am not putting Miami, I'm not putting Pittsburgh, and I'm not putting Indianapolis in the playoffs this year. San Diego is going to secure that seven seed. Now, I know that I've said that I think Justin Herbert is the, the guy that is primed for the sophomore slump, and I still do think that but they've got so many other weapons around him that I think that it will kind of take up for that. Um, and obviously, defensively, they're, they're very, very talented as well. So there you go. Those are my picks for the AFC. We'll talk about the NFC coming up, uh, coming up very shortly. Now, we've had this contest all week for you to win my tickets to tomorrow night's or Saturday night's game against San Diego State. It's a text-to-win contest, and we're going to do it again right now. Your chance to win a pair of my personal tickets to the game this Saturday for the Arizona football home opener against San Diego State is right now. I want you to text the word Bear Down. Yes, it's just want to be one word, Bear Down, B-E-A-R-D-O-W-N, one word, to 68683. The number is 68683. Text the word Bear Down to there right now. We've got a small window with which to uh, get your entries in, and then we will announce our winners tomorrow. There's going to be two winners each winner is going to get a pair of tickets, of uh, my tickets, to go see the game on Saturday night. Once we've determined the winner, we will shoot you your tickets to your right, straight to your phone. Boom, digitally, you got them there, and you're off and running to the, uh, to the game on Saturday night. Message and data rates may apply, but text now, bear down, to 68683. My NFC predictions. Next, you're listening to the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. 
back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Join Spears and Ali this Friday from 3 to 6. Bear down Friday. Tomorrow at Main Gate Square. I'll be there. I'll be in attendance and coming out to Tucson uh, the afternoon. I'll be down there and uh, ready to party with you guys between 4 and 7 p.m. You can enjoy the happy hour specials at the places that are adjacent to the Main Gate Square there. They've got the Junior Cats Activity Zone for the kiddos. The pep rally begins at 6 o'clock, featuring the Pride of Arizona Marching Band. Wilbur Wilma will be there. The cheerleaders, the palm team, the twirlers, all there. Plus, you're going to have chances to win game tickets and more from all of the radio partners there in Tucson. For more information, go to ESPNTucson.com, Bear Down Arizona, and Bear Down Friday. Let's take a look here at the NFC now, because it is time to announce my predictions for winners in the divisions uh, for the NFC. Let's begin with the NFC East. Okay, uh, I think it's a very contentious division, but I do believe two teams have risen to the top in that division. I think Philly and New York are going to be near the bottom. Philadelphia, I don't know what to think about them. They've got some talent, but their coach seems like a moron to me. <laughs> I don't quite know. And the Giants are a turnover machine waiting to happen. They get Saquon Barkley back. That's wonderful. He's an incredible talent. And I hope he gets to stay healthy because I really like watching him play. But I just don't think it's going to be enough. That offensive line is awful. Daniel Jones is awful. And I think it's going to result in either a last place or a very close to to last place finish for the Giants. As talented as Dallas is, I think Washington's better. I think they're a better football team this year. They certainly have a better defense. And I think that's going to keep them in games longer. Dallas is going to still have to get into shootouts with people. I'm not in favor of that when you have Dak Prescott with a sore arm. They've got talent. I think this is a great year for Ezekiel Elliott. I think CeeDee Lamb has a, has a wonderful sophomore season in Dallas. But I think Washington's better, and I think it's going to be real close. Like we're talking a 10-7 and versus a 9-8 and kind of record where a head-to-head matchup is going to be the difference in the division. NFC North, Green Bay, uh, you got Aaron Rodgers in his swan song with the, uh, with the Packers there. Follow that up with the Minnesota Vikings, um, you know, whatever. The Minnesota Vikings continue to be an enigma to a lot of people. Then I think you got the the Chicago Bears coming in third. We'll see what Justin Fields looks like midway through the season after they've heard enough boos to bench Andy Dalton and go with uh, Justin Fields. It may happen in the first game. I don't even know. And then you got the – Detroit Lions coming in uh, fourth place there. They're going to bite some kneecaps, but they're not going to win a whole lot of games in Detroit. (laughs) But it'll be interesting to see. Now, as I mentioned before, my uh, week one risk-free bet, if you've been listening, is the 49ers at Detroit. 49ers giving up seven or seven and a half. Some some places have got the hook. But I still like San Francisco to win that game by double digits at Detroit. The NFC South. I love this this division. The final two divisions are so good, the South and the West, right? Tampa Bay, maybe the best team in football. The defending champs, of course, they're all back together. The gang's all here. They've got to contend with New Orleans, Atlanta, and Carolina. All three teams offer something that is very dangerous. New Orleans because they've got great coaching. And Jameis Winston, you never know, what you're, you know if he's going to be explosive or implosive. Um, they don't have a whole lot of deep threats right now with Michael Thomas being out and other receivers being hurt. But they've got a great back in Alvin Kamara. They've got a good uh, uh, offensive line, and I think the defense will be good enough to keep them in games. i like them to finish second. i like the Atlanta Falcons to finish third in that division. They've got some explosive offense. they got Arthur Smith, a really offensive-minded coach. 
Matty Ryan will, will flourish in there. He's got great receivers. He's got some good backs to hand the ball off to and a great offensive line. I like Atlanta to surprise some teams this year when a lot of people are picking them to finish dead last in that division. And I like Carolina. They've got, they've got some talent. They've got Christian McCaffrey. I love their coach. Matt Rule is, is one of the most innovative guys in football. And I do, I'm, I'm a big fan of Matt Rule and his philosophies and the way he goes about things. But Sam Darnold, as your, as your quarterback, is not going to get it done. My nickname for Sam Darnold at USC was the Stormtrooper because he never hit anything he aimed at. His head coach, his own head coach at USC, Clay Helton, when asked, what's Sam Darnold's best trait as a quarterback? He said the, the, the ability to shrug off interceptions. I'm not kidding, folks. That's what he said. Not his leadership, not his ball skills, not his, his uh, you know, being a student of the game. His ability to shrug off interceptions was what Clay Helton had to say was the number one aspect of Sam Darnold as a quarterback. Dead last. Last place in the division. Love the team, hate the quarterback. And finally, the NFC West. The best division in football. Even the worst team is going to give other teams fits this year, that being the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals will finish last in the division, but they are going to have a lot of fun doing it unless the offense that we saw in the preseason is what the offense in the regular season is going to look like because that was boring as hell. It looked awful. But the Cardinals, uh, and we'll talk Cardinal football tomorrow with Tyler Drake. We're going to bring Tyler back on, who's been covering the Cardinals this entire offseason, been there every single practice, been with the team, and uh, we'll talk with Tyler tomorrow and get a full preview of what we can expect out of Cardinal football this year. But I'm picking them to finish fourth in the division. Now, the top three teams, look, this is going to be very, very close. The only, the only thing that, I, that I'm basing my decision on here, okay, and this is strength of schedule, where are teams going to get wins away from the division? Because we know that that division is going to beat, beat, beat each other up. The the Rams cannot seem to beat the 49ers. The 49ers always have a difficult time with Seattle, and Arizona kind of splits with everybody in that division. It's just they just kind of they all kind of can't. It's like it's like the Pac-12. They just cannibalize one another. So where do the wins come from? Well, it's real simple. San Francisco finished in fourth place in the division last year, which means they play a fourth place schedule this year, meaning they got all the bad teams in the NFL. You know, they open at Detroit, at Philly, okay? Two of the teams that are picked to finish last in just about everybody's predictions. We understand, you know, they got, they're both teams have brand-new coaches, and even though they're on the road, if the 49ers can pick up two wins against, you know, bad teams on the road to start the season, they're 2-0 and on the road, then they've got, you know, they got easy slate, uh, not an easy slate, but they've got a huge leg up on the competition from there on out, which is why I don't even know if San Francisco is the best team in the division, but I think they're going to have the best record in the division because they get to play a fourth-place schedule. It's all about the scheduling. And they get a lot of those bad teams on the road. They play tough games at home. Like, you know, obviously, they got the division teams. they got, like, Green Bay. Okay? So, you know, they're, they're going to get wins playing their, their softer schedule. That's the way it works. That's how teams go from worst to first in the NFL because of that, the, you know, the flip-flop schedule. So I like the 49ers to win the West followed by the Rams and the Seahawks. Those are both interchangeable, in my opinion, because they're two wildcard teams that are going to have nearly identical records. I think it's going to come down to some kind of a tiebreaker somewhere in there. Now, if you're looking at the NFC playoff seedings, Tampa Bay is the number one seed. 
I have the 49ers as the number two seed. And I know people are like, oh, my God, what a homer. <laughs> what did I just say? The 49ers are going to get a lot of wins this year playing a last-place schedule. And they're good enough to compete against the teams in the NFC West. So if you give the 49ers 10 wins just right off the bat, you say 49ers are going to win 10 games based on if they split the division and they beat the last-place schedule that they're in. Now they've got to go essentially 3-4 and four or 4-3 four and three with those other seven games, which is basically playing 500 ball to get to the number two seed. That's good enough for me. Niners get the two seed. Green Bay Packers are going to get the three seed, and I think Washington football team gets the number four seed. Now looking at the wild card teams, I do believe two of the wild cards come from the NFC West. I got the Rams with the five seed, Seahawks with the six seed. Could be interchangeable. Could happen either way, but those teams will, you know, will will basically populate the fifth and sixth seeds in the uh, in the playoffs. And the seventh seed, this was a really tough one because there's a lot of good teams out there that are vying for this. You've got Minnesota, New Orleans, Atlanta. I think Atlanta could surprise some people this year, as I said. I think the Cowboys get that seventh seed. They get back to the playoffs this year and look out for them in the playoffs. You know, it could be a situation where. Dallas plays Green Bay in that first, uh, you know, in that first week or whatever. You know, if they're if they're going to play Green Bay or something like that, that's a very winnable game, especially when you consider like you know, if Aaron Rodgers is kind of like, well, you know, I'm, I'm out of here anyways, and the other the rest of the team is like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is gone anyway. What difference does it make? So, <laughs> could be could be that situation. All right. So now that I've given you my predictions for that AFC Championship game. I have Kansas City over Cleveland. Yes, I have Kansas City over the Cleveland Browns in the AFC Championship game. No, I don't have Buffalo in the game. I don't have Baltimore. I don't have Tennessee. I don't have New England. I picked Cleveland to go to the AFC Championship game. Don't at me. This is my big mistake of the season, I'm sure. Maybe my biggest. (laughs) But that's the way I got it. And in the NFC Championship game, I got the one and two seats playing. I got Tampa Bay over San Francisco. I think San Francisco will start to, start to start to feel themselves in the playoffs. They've definitely got the defense. If they can stay healthy, they're one of the most talented teams in the, in the NFL. And I do have Tampa Bay over San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. So, sets up a rematch in the Super Bowl. For the first time in 28 years, a rematch, a back-to-back rematch in the Super Bowl. And I think Patrick Mahomes gets the leg up on Tom Brady this time. I, I just think that Kansas City is they're motivated enough They've got a great coach. If they can stay again, until they're until they're both their tackles went out in the Super Bowl, they were the favorite in that game. As soon as both tackles were out, I said, "That's it. It's over." Tampa Bay's going to win this game by three touchdowns, and they did. This year, I think is different. If we're if we're not predicting injuries, which I hate to do, I think Kansas City beats Tampa Bay for that championship, and they get they get them back. Winning back-to-back is so tough anyways, and I know that Tampa Bay is a fantastic football team, but winning back-to-back is so tough, especially if you're going up against Mahomes. All right, so we know that sports betting is here, folks. FanDuel Sportsbook celebrating with 40-to-1 odds in any week one game. It gives you an opportunity to win $200 on just a $5 bet. If you sign up with the promo code DEAN, you could win $200 on a $5 bet. Use my name, DEAN, D-E-A-N, when you sign up with the promo code and get yourself a great promotion into the world of FanDuel Sportsbook. It's real simple. You go to the app. The app is super easy to use, or you can log in from your browser. And when you win, you get paid in as few as 24 hours. I mentioned already 
my week one risk-free bet is the 49ers at Detroit. 49ers are giving up 7.5 in that game right now. Again, I still love the Niners in that game on the road against a brand-new coach and a brand-new quarterback and a team that's not going to be able to score a whole lot of points this year in the Detroit Lions. Plus, they were winless in the preseason, which means they have a 74, 74% chance of losing against the spread in week one. It's just the numbers, folks. That's been the way the trend has been. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. They're going to be hooking you up with exclusive odd boosts. There's great promotions, as I've mentioned previously, and a whole lot more. Sign up with promo code today, DEAN, D-E-A-N. You can win $200 on your first $5 bet. That's promo code DEAN, exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, 21 and over and present in Arizona. New users only, $10 first deposit required. Must wager and designate an offer market, max $200 bonus. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.com.fanduel.com. Uh, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. And here I am. I'm going to make my first ever bet on FanDuel Sportsbook. Here it is. Are you ready? I'm doing a parlay, and people are already like, oh, my God, Jeff, you're an idiot. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm an idiot, but we're going to do it anyways. So here's what I've chosen to, do, to, to wager as my first ever FanDuel Sportsbook bet. And we're going to do it live right here. So I've got, I've, got the, I've got the teams all laid out here. I'm doing an eight-leg parlay. That's an eight-team parlay, and it's going to be all the division winners that I just talked about. So I'm betting Buffalo, Tennessee, Kansas City, Cleveland, Washington, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and San Francisco all to win the division. It's a $15 bet that will pay out $3,411 if I win. Well, I mean, if I win. When I win. 15 bucks, going to get me a big fat payout at the end of the year. That is live. There we go. I have uh, pushed the green button to submit my bet. There's my ticket. My receipt is right there. Boom. Done. My first bet on FanDuel Sportsbook is an eight-leg parlay. What an idiot I am. But, hey, when I cash out, I'm going to Disneyland. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, some more NFL before we flip over to hour number two. That's next on the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. So there you have it, folks. Be ready. January 10th. 2022 when I cracked that mic and I'm $3,400 richer because my FanDuel Sportsbook bet came through after slogging through the 18 weeks of waiting for it to happen. I will be here to gloat. I'll be here to remind you where it all began. Right here. Before we take a break, and as you, as you know here on the Jeff Dean Show, the top of the hour, the top of the hour break is, uh, is really brief. Just a little quick two-minute and then we're right back. So stay tuned here. Don't go anywhere. Don't be this person, though, in the meantime, while you're waiting for me to return to the airwaves. Don't be the person who goes on Twitter today and says things like, Kevin Stefanski is a better head coach than Andy Reid. <laughs> don't do it. Okay? Just uh, don't, don't do it. Don't be that person that goes on Twitter and is all drunk on Kool-Aid for your favorite team and says something like, Kyler Murray is a better quarterback than Josh Allen. Okay, these are the, some of the things that I'm reading this morning. Just, I mean, literally, just opened up Twitter. Like first, like three of the first four tweets 
I'm just like, hey, <laughs> um, what are you doing? People are so drunk on the Kool-Aid already this morning. Don't be that person. Don't say stupid things on Twitter that are gonna they're gonna get receipted, folks. You're gonna get you're gonna get receipts cashed out on you. People are gonna let you know what an idiot you were that day. Probably why I don't tweet out too much. <laughs> because I don't like to be reminded what an idiot I am. I'm sure some way mid through the season, once we realize that like three of my uh, three of my division winners are have no chance of winning the division. I'm sure people will cash in those receipts on me as well. Ha ha! You picked Washington to win this, win the NFC East. They're six games out, and they have the worst team in football. Ha ha! All right. But we have a lot of things to look forward to for the NFL season, and uh, we'll keep you abreast of everything that's going on. Now, in college, real quick before we break. I, I'm not trying to be as hyperbolic as John Wilner was of the San Jose Mercury News. I think it was yesterday or the day before when he basically said that this Saturday is the most important day in the history of Pac-12 football. I'm not going to be quite that hyperbolic. It's an important day. Don't get me wrong. There are some big matchups. Colorado, Texas A&M, UCLA, uh, Ohio, or, uh, Oregon, Ohio State, UCLA, uh, Washington, Michigan. Why did you see UCLA? They already played their big game. They won LSU. They beat LSU last week. It's a big weekend, sure. But it's not, like, the biggest weekend in the history of Pac-12 football. There have been other weekends that have been bigger than this one. But there are some big games. Oregon, Colorado, Washington, all on display this weekend. We'll see if they can compete with their uh, big matchups across the country. Stick around. Hour number two coming up right here on the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD4 Tucson.